I appreciate the invitation. I appreciate even more getting to sit here. I'm accustomed to that scene where the witness sits down there in the dock and looks up with feigned admiration at the great men and women above them. And <laughs> but you can tell this, this is not the Senate because we don't have the phone books that we used to sit on over there. This is, this is a lot more fun to be able to actually uh, look at the audience and not wonder if they're snickering behind your back, though. So. Snicker right to my face. Um, let me say particularly to our guests from out of state, welcome to Indiana. You are in a place that believes in effective government, a place that believes in, to use the president's term, government that works. Um, and something we ought to all be able to agree on. Um, I'm, I'm only here and only um, uh, expressing opinions about this particular issue because I do believe that what is on offer under the uh, title of cap and trade legislation in Washington fails the test of government that works. Just to summarize uh, as concisely as I can, the costs of this policy will be certain, massive, and immediate. The benefits of this policy, if any, will be uh, dubious, minuscule, and decades distant. And I really believe that it's important that before we take a plunge of this magnitude, that Americans talk it over, think it through, and I hope we'll take a deep breath and consider whether there may not be better ways to achieve goals that I'm sure we all agree on. Here in Indiana, we feel the threat of this policy with special acuteness. Um, the costs of, as I think of it, the paper, the allotments that would be purchased and traded back and forth, plus the cost of transition, forced transition from the energy we use today to um, new sources, whether they're economical or not, uh, would result, um, it's clear, in something like a doubling of utility costs in this state. This would be an enormous hardship on particularly low-income people in Indiana, a state with a net income well below the national average. Um, if, if anything, the greater cost would come later in terms of, or not much later, but um, in terms of jobs in this state. We are the most manufacturing intensive state in America. That means we are an energy intensive state. We do those things that I believe America must do with excellence if we're going to succeed in the world competition. We have a diverse economy, but a very hefty percentage is involved in making things. We make steel, number one. We are number three in autos. We are number one in RVs. And we have emergent industries, um, orthopedic devices. And I believe before long, if we don't stunt it with this bill and other policies, electric cars that really uh, are here and uh, because of a positive business climate and affordable energy is a huge part of that climate. Um, this ought to be a time, I believe, when Americans come together around policies that are um, likely to increase jobs and increase economic opportunity from top to bottom in American society. This bill does not meet that test. I'm not going to pretend personally to have read it all, but there is a, a, a victim of my acquaintance who has. <laughs> and uh, he directed my attention and I direct the panels in the event that you have not read every word of it <laughs> to page 761 and the following 
where very explicitly this bill makes provision for those thousands of people who will be unemployed because of it. New unemployment insurance and training dollars and the things we do for people thrown out of work. But if there was ever a time in America when we ought not be uh, consciously, knowingly, purposely throwing people out of work, um, it's now. And perhaps most, I think, um, unacceptable about this policy is that by its own admission, by its proponents' own analyses, it will not and cannot achieve its stated goals, which is to say that the carbon reductions that it will, um, that it hopes to achieve cannot possibly move the world thermometer detectably, not even in 50 years. This is if, if one believes the entire uh, list of assertions about the world's climate, and if one believes that someone has devised a computer program so perfect and expert that it can reliably predict temperatures 50 years out, that, that very program says this won't do any good. So I want to stress that you are in a state of patriots. The Hoosiers that I know well are not special pleaders. If something is good for America, then we're going to be for it, even if it's not necessarily ideal for our own state. Mm. But I am completely sincere in saying that I believe this policy as currently devised is not good for America, and it's certainly very, very uh, hazardous and dangerous to Indiana. You're also in a place of people who try to be constructive. We don't believe in disagreeing with someone without at least trying to suggest better uh, alternatives. And we are hard at work in this state on um, measures that I think are far better uh, for uh, the environment, potentially the climate, and for certainly the uh, economic prospects of our citizens than, than this bill, I, I believe, uh, can, can claim. We're very enthusiastic about conservation, expressed in our building codes and in programs uh, now and in prospect to significantly reduce energy consumption. The single best way to reduce both the pollution that is dangerous to human health and the CO2, which some worry about from a climate standpoint, is to reduce, the total, is to reduce total energy consumption. The same amount of effort and a fraction of the dollars invested in conservation would produce so much more progress than this cap-and-trade uh, approach would. We are enthusiasts in Indiana for alternative sources of energy, and we've been busy about it. We're now a national leader from a flat-footed start just four years ago in, across the world of biofuels. Last year, we were the number one state in America in the growth of wind power. You won't visit a place where people are more... Uh, eager to embrace these new technologies. But we all studied our arithmetic. And the arithmetic of life says that there is no way in the near-term future that all these sources, as eager as we are to see them happen, uh, can uh, replace more than a tiny fraction of the energy we need to keep the lights on in this state or to employ those Hoosiers who we care about so deeply. The most important new step we believe we can take, and Indiana is trying to lead, is finding ways that are more environmentally safe and sensitive to use the coal which is so abundant here. And 
to our visitors, you are sitting now on top of, uh, more or less, more BTUs than Saudi Arabia uh, has in oil. And yet, if we make the wrong steps here, we will leave that affordable, homegrown American energy in the ground idle while we pay or impose enormous costs on our ratepayers to pay unnecessarily for um, other replacements. So I thank the panel for the work it's putting into this and the ways in which you're trying to surface these issues and have a good, uh, honest debate about them. Appreciate your bringing this program to a state which uh, strongly identifies with the goals um, that uh, the proponents of this bill uh, say they want, but uh, thinks it sees far better ways to get there. Thanks so much for this chance to appear.